Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele, where queer thought leadership meets social justice and well-being. As a personal leadership and life coach, I help GBTQ men use their difference to make a difference, to lead others in creating a more humane world. You can find out more about my coaching and listen to previous podcast episodes at darrensteel.com and check out my magazine on Medium, Think Queerly. How, as LGBTQ people, can we use our otherness to empower a queer leadership? And what strategies or factors or qualities can we hone and practice to become better queer leaders? I've been thinking about this question for some time, like what is queer leadership? And does it even exist? Has anyone given it this specific title before? And of course, literally last week, I came across a podcast by a colleague of mine who interviewed someone who wrote a book uh, to that extent more in the workplace, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet. So I will have to follow up and find out what that means exactly or what that book is all about. So I think it's easier for me to pose the question like this, what is gay leadership as a place to start, as a place to come from, because we've witnessed historically the work of gay leadership that has ushered in many of the rights and freedoms and acceptance that we enjoy, you know, albeit precariously in in many parts of North America and in many countries in Europe. But this is not in any way meant to diminish or negate the leadership abilities and qualities and contributions of lesbians and trans people and anyone else who identifies in their own unique way. The labels that build our LGBTQ acronym is a relatively modern phenomenon and grows and develops over time. In the largest sense of the word, gay was historically used to include everyone before we had our current and expansive and fluid acronym LGBTQ, LGBTQ2+, and so on. But gay has also excluded those who were conveniently overlooked because they didn't have a unique label to express their unique identity. Gay can be used by individuals who might sort of exist within the LGBTQ larger network and communities, but want to disassociate from one or more of the individual letters in that acronym. So this brings me back to my opening question, and I want to add... How can we all work together as a collective of queer thinkers to embrace, demonstrate, and advocate a humanitarian leadership of belonging? How can we collectively as queer people lead from the margins to metaphorically corral the disparate fractions of humanity so that divisiveness between peoples may become less in proximity to create and foster a genuine diversity. There doesn't yet exist a so-called queer leadership, per se. And that's why I'm challenging myself to work on 
this style, this idea of a queer leadership that I believe our world so desperately needs. And that's starting here with what I'm talking about in this podcast, which is this episode is part of the living document I'm refining right now, how to use your difference to make a difference. And I'm going to continue to add to this, to modify, come back to this document as as the foundation for what I hope to co-create with many other like-minded queer thinkers. Now, I started this narrative of a queer leadership back in episode 72 with how can you use your difference to make a difference. And in another episode, I spoke about the, the many paths of living out leadership, where I broke things down. And that is actually going to be coming in the future. I'm going to speak more about those individual facets and, and write more about them in sort of a programmatic or almost book format. My last podcast, episode 98, Writing a New Narrative, The Power of Story to Save Humanity, I'm referring in that to a politics of belonging and uh, the author Monbiot, I'm sorry, just let me grab his, Out of the Wreckage, a new, sorry, Out of the Wreckage is the name of the book, A New Politics for an Age of Crisis by George Monbiot, that I am adding to this content and I guess creating this queer leadership equation as something to run alongside and to support a larger idea, this politics of belonging, which is going to require many more individuals other than just me uh, to create and shape this different way of thinking and working within the world to create and improve humanity. So in early 2018, January, February of last year, I read Raymond Rigoglioso's book, Gay Men and the New Way Forward. And then it was May or June, I joined his five-month coaching program, Gay Men of Wisdom. Rigoglioso discusses what he has determined to be the 14 distinct uh, gifts that are unique to many gay men. And I've recorded several podcast episodes um, about these individual gifts. Now, these are qualities and characteristics that any human being can have, but how and the propensity to which they show up indicates unique perspectives and insights and narratives, uh, lived experience and behaviors demonstrated primarily by gay men. Rigogli also does the gay male community a tremendous service in demonstrating how many gay men practice these unique gifts and how they can be used in various ways to improve society overall, literally showing and, and demonstrating why we are so necessary to the health and vitality and joy and livelihood of a free and open and vibrant society. <clears throat> Now, what's missing, but not absent, is the larger discussion of the strategies and methods for how gay men can use those gifts to lead others, as Rigogole also writes, to create evolutionary change in the world. That's sort of where he ends the book in a a chapter talking about this next step. 
So Rigoglioso's work is deliberately focused on gay men, and I quote from his book, There is something distinct about being born into a male body and feeling comfortable with that gender identity and being sexually and emotionally attracted to other males. It creates lifelong patterns and longings and has specific implications for humanity. End quote. Now, for me, as a self-identified gay, cis, male, I've learned much more about who I am as a gay man and even experienced a radical paradigm shift in my understanding of what forgiveness means to me around the concept of prejudice and homophobia against me that I've experienced and my own level of expression and understanding of empathy as a result of the work I did with uh, Ray and the other gay men in the five-month Gay Men of Wisdom coaching program. And I can both specifically and very broadly share my experiences or my narrative as a gay man, but I cannot assume to speak for a lesbian or bisexual or a trans person or a genderqueer person or a trans femme person or however anyone else may choose to self-label. But I also identify as queer, not as a genderqueer man, rather in my politics and my social justice views. This is how I feel connected to something bigger than me through my friendships and my support and advocacy of anyone within the scope of LGBTQ+. Now, I've spoken about the definition and the etymology of the word queer in the past, but I think it's worth repeating here. So as an adjective, it's showing up circa 1500 as strange, peculiar, eccentric. And then from the German, it means oblique or off-center, perverse, odd. As a verb, queer means to spoil or ruin. And earlier, it meant to puzzle, to ridicule, or to cheat. So I feel what these etymological etymological definitions show us is that being a consciously queer person, choosing that word, is radically different from the status quo, how one perceives oneself. And being queer is what the dominant hegemonic culture, think hegemonic, think trying to just create one way of being. It's what the dominant culture and the patriarchy attempt to control and suppress. They don't want to have to puzzle who we are. They don't want oblique or eccentric or peculiar or what they might label as strange simply because it's not normal. They want everyone to follow the line and the path and do what they're told. Now, I'm a strong proponent and defender of the words gay and queer to indicate identity and acceptance and not exclusion. We can use those words to incorporate variation, and we can also use them to sharpen our focus. But what matters is allowing the individual person to choose how they wish to be labeled, if at all, 
and to understand what these words mean in the larger semantic field, and to embrace or reclaim words that others have used to harm and disenfranchise us. You see, language is always evolving and changing. Nothing is fixed in language. Repeat or make a mistake often enough that would be called a mistake because it falls outside of the norm or what has been prescribed by a grammar or a dictionary or historical etymology, but do that enough, repeat that enough, and it gains street cred. And then suddenly it becomes an accepted word or maybe a word in a different vernacular or a different group of individuals takes on the opposite meaning. And that's something I hope people can take to heart for those of you who hear the word queer and get upset or triggered. <clears throat> look to the etymology of the word and I guess look to your lived experience if you've um, suffered a lot of prejudice or name-calling in association with that word. And, and, and it's not always easy to do this work to break free of the triggers or the small t traumas around that word and possibly capital T traumas for people that maybe um, have suffered physical harm and abuse while being called that word. So getting back to the language, though, when it comes to using someone's preferred gender pronouns, often the new and the different labels can be confusing. But for now, we need these labels. We need these ways of describing ourselves to be visible and to be included and to force a status quo to recognize that their view is only one view and it's not the only view. And until we live in a world where asking first how someone wishes to be addressed is normal, quote unquote, or we simply use they, them as default and someone says, hey, I wish to be labeled as he or she. Just because someone doesn't understand the importance of this semantic and linguistic shift does not mean they deserve or have the right to be disrespectful or hateful of others' self-identification. It may be uncomfortable at first, but that's okay, because discomfort is a precursor or potential for something changing. So if I loop back to my original question, I feel it's important that I add that we need to queer our current politics across the board, whatever the capitalized first letter is, be it Republican or conservative or liberal or new Democrat or whatever political ideology and group you might belong to in the country in which you live. And we need to organize at a larger philosophical framework to change from a politics of division from the left versus right at extreme ends of the spectrum to a politics of belonging. And that is literally bridging the gap between the far ends of the spectrum and existing somewhere not so much in the middle because this isn't linear. This isn't a binary yet again. This is about existing in that space between so that all of us can exist on all sides of, within all dimensions of, that space in the gap. We need to recognize that difference does not need to equate with 
divisiveness. It's ironic to me, it's queer, that LGBTQ people may someday, I hope, create a political movement for the betterment of humanity to lay the path for, and quoting Rigoglioso, to lay the path for a new way forward, a way that restores the balance between the masculine and the feminine, individual freedom and the collective good, human activity and nature, a way that integrates multiple and even competing perspectives into a new global outlook, a way that collapses hierarchies, consigns shame to the history books and honors the inalienable right to live according to our deepest longings. End quote. It might be one of the most powerful quotations in, in, in Rugoglioso's book, Gay Men and the New Way Forward. And with that quotation, this, it's here that we begin to realize that our so-called difference, our otherness, is our greatest strength. Our greatest potential to lead from that point. Our difference is our uniqueness and our source of insight. This is the gift of deep introspection and self-awareness and understanding, which is due in part to the various forms and the duration of time that many of us have grown up and lived in the closet before we finally came out. As queer people, we can use our unique gifts to make a profound humanitarian difference in the world. Evolution is a seed waiting to be planted. You must have faith that the seed will take root, but you also have to water and care for it. If you're a creative person, a scholar, a writer, or an artist, but you're stuck trying to start or complete a project, Maybe because you think that you don't know enough, that you're an imposter pretending to be an expert, then we should talk. If you're LGBTQ, let's discover how to use your insights, your talents, and uniqueness to make a difference in the world and to live out your mission and the best of who you are. Find out more at DarrenSteele.com.